Hey, church family, hey, I, I'll tell you what, I miss you guys very, very much. I know you guys are all huddled together as a family, sitting with your kids and with your teens and your college students all together during these uncertain times. And I'll tell you what, uh, I cannot wait to be in the same auditorium with you in the coming days. But while we're here online, uh, I want to encourage you with uh, how we could step out by faith in the midst of this chaos. Listen, this is our opportunity. This is our time to shine forth the light of Jesus in a moment of darkness and fear. And I cannot wait to preach this message out of Matthew chapter 14. So if you would, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. This is a familiar passage for many Christians. You may be listening to a, a Bible message for the first time online, but I, I'll tell you this passage will greatly encourage you. It's a story about the 12 disciples in the midst of this, this storm, and they're all in this boat, just like we are. We're all in this boat together in the midst of a storm. I'm looking forward to reading this passage to you. But while you're turning there to Matthew chapter 14, I just want to talk to our church family for just a second. I want to just say a couple weeks ago, we've had to pivot. We've had to, to totally go to online services, and we, we spent the whole week getting ready for that. This last week, we spent most of our time just making sure our church family was okay, that everybody was accounted for, that people got phone calls. We found out how people are doing. We found out that one of our church members, Catherine Yao, uh, is at Metro Hospital with COVID-19. And I'm sure there are going to be many more cases uh, that pop up every single day. So if you would to continue praying for those families and for those who even lost their job this week. And so we wanted to just see how our church family is doing. But I, I want to say this, this week, we want to focus on mobilizing our church family and mobilizing the Christians for this moment, for this time, for great kingdom impact. There's no mistake that God has allowed this to happen. I want you to think about this. An invisible virus has brought the greatest nation the world has ever seen to its knees. And here we have an opportunity now as believers, as, as Christians, to share the gospel with people who are, aren't distracted anymore with all the cares of this life, all the sports, all the events, everything is canceled. We're literally stuck at home wondering what's going to happen next. And here we are. We find ourselves. God has quieted everything down so that they can hear the voice of God. And God uses his people to be his voice. And I want to encourage you to step out by faith in this way. So I want you to see what Jesus was teaching the disciples. At the beginning of, of the ministry of Jesus and the disciples, Jesus is teaching his men how to walk by faith and not by sight how to overcome fear and doubt. And he was using this storm in the midst of a sea to teach them how to trust God. And I want to teach you how to trust God in the midst of this as well. So I want you to see in Matthew 14, verse 22, look what it says. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. 
And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, this is at three in the morning, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Hey, be of good cheer. Say, What are you talking about, be of good cheer? We're about to die. This storm is raging. We, th- there's no hope. How are we going to get out of this? And God is saying to them, be of good cheer. He says that because he says, it is I. You see, we don't realize that all we need is Jesus until all we have is Jesus. With Jesus, we have everything we need for life and happiness. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He says, it's me. This is all you need. All you need is me. God has taken all the distractions of this life away so that we can see he is all we need in this life. And he says, it's me. Don't be afraid. In other words, Jesus is saying to the disciples, I'm bigger than this storm. I'm bigger than these problems. I'm here. And let me tell you, he's never left you nor forsaken you. He's saying to you today, I'm here. I'm here. I haven't gone anywhere. And we need to look to him. And notice what it says in verse 28. And Peter answered and said unto him, Lord, if, if, if that's you, bid me to come unto thee under the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he took his eyes off of Jesus and looked at the waves, looked at the trouble. He was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. And then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. I think maybe God is using this for us to finally see who God truly is. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray that you would use these difficult, uncertain times in America and across the world for people to see and experience the power of you, to experience that you are all we need for life and happiness. Lord, you say that to be content with food and raiment. You say that with you all things are possible. Lord, You say, without you, we could do nothing. And so, Lord, may we use this time to see how good, wonderful, powerful you truly are in our life and our family. And, Lord, I pray that this would change our country. I pray that revival would come to this country. Revival would come to the world. People would get saved by the thousands, by the millions, and they would turn to you. And, Lord, I pray you'd use this message for your honor and glory. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, with all this social distancing that we're experiencing, we, have, we are never too far from the Lord. <laughs> when, we th- when we think about this story, Jesus was never too far from the disciples, and he's never too far from you and I. In fact, he says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. The fact of the matter is, kids, teenagers, college students, adults, listen, he's never too far from you and I. 
He's never left us nor forsaken us. He's in the midst of this chaos with us. He's with us. And maybe the greatest thing that we need in the midst of this chaos is not for it to go away. Maybe we just need the presence of God in the midst of it all. And we would see that there will be a peace that passeth understanding when we're close to the Lord. And that is exactly what Peter does in this moment. He gets close to God. He doesn't ask God to take away the storm. He asks God to get close to him. We're all in the same boat, just like these men in the story. We're all in the same boat, and there's no way out of this. You can't swim your way out of this storm. There's nowhere to go. COVID is everywhere. Everywhere you turn, every state. It's spreading across every country. We're all in the same boat together. Yet people respond to these scary moments in so many different ways. People are paralyzed. They're fearful. Uh, They're thinking worst case scenario. But I want you to see that in this story, Peter looked for an opportunity. There were 12 men on this boat, and 11 of them were, were afraid. They were paralyzed, maybe hiding underneath the boat in the corner, just afraid they were going to die. But yet one man of the 12 said, there's an opportunity here. I see Jesus. If that's Jesus out there, I want to be doing what he's doing. This is an incredible opportunity to step out and walk on water to do the impossible when most people are responding in fear and they're paralyzed. God is teaching his followers to walk by faith and not by sight. He's teaching the disciples, you need to walk by faith, by following him and not by what you see. There's a lot to see. Some of you, you've watched a lot of news this week. I wonder how much of the word of God you've opened up this week compared to how much news you've watched this week. And maybe that's why we're so gripped with fear. But God wants to mobilize his people for great impact in this world. See, faith will eliminate fear, but fear will also eliminate our faith. Uh, Isn't it amazing that this small bug, again, has brought the greatest nation to its knees? And with all this time with family and a focus on God, maybe this isn't a big problem. Maybe Maybe this is revival. Here you are in your family, you're with, with your family, with your kids, with your loved ones, sitting here watching this service online. Maybe, maybe God is shaking up the world to bring about revival to our hearts, to see that the most important things in our life right now is God and our family, is God and our family, and to share the gospel of Jesus with people who need that hope that lies within you. That's what people need more than ever. It's not the big house. It's not the fast car. It's not the prestige. It's not any of those things. It's not the power or the influence. It's that God is real in our lives, and that's what we need right now. So once you step out, once we mobilize, once we ask God for an opportunity We set in motion a whole world of experiences. And a lot of people are going to miss out on that. They're going to ask you in 20 years, what were you doing during the COVID-19 experience, during the COVID-19 chaos? And I hope it will be said of you that you did something, 
that you used it for God's honor and, and God's glory. This is what I, we made mass for the medical workers. I shared the gospel with people who were afraid. Uh, we were doing something in the midst of this. That was the opportunity Peter seized at the moment. See, there are all, all kinds of fears going on right now. And with Peter and the disciples, uh, everything was loud, it was crazy, it was chaotic, and there seemed to be no way out. Yet in the midst of all the chaos, here comes Jesus just, just strolling on the water, just walking on the water. And he's not coming to calm the storm. Jesus was coming to calm his children, to teach them how to walk by faith when everything else around them is so chaotic. He was teaching them to walk by faith and not by sight, not by what they see. Faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. God wants us to walk as Christians, believing God whom you don't see in the midst of things that you do see. He wants you to walk by faith and trust him along the way. So let me ask you this question. In what ways are you stepping out by faith? In what ways this week are you going to step out by faith where you're going to get out of your comfort zone a little bit? I'm not talking about um, exposing yourself to people or exposing, uh, maybe if you have COVID-19, exposing that to other people. We need to be cautious, but at the same time, God wants us to do something in the midst of this. So God gives us three life-changing truths about stepping out in faith in the midst of fear. And I want to share those with you from the Word of God. First, number one, I want you to see we need to be asking for an exciting opportunity. We need to ask for an exciting opportunity. Out of the 12 disciples, here's one disciple that asks for an exciting opportunity. He says, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come into the end of the water. If that's you, I want to come out and walk on the water like you did. See, getting out of the boat was the climax of the story. It's the most exciting part of the story. We are all familiar with the storm. We're familiar with the fear and the failure and Peter sinking in the water, but that's not the whole story. This moment of Peter stepping away from the boat, walking on the water, is the most exciting part of the story. But I find it so interesting that Peter doesn't ask the Lord to calm the storm. He asks to be close to the Lord. Peter doesn't ask to calm the storm. He says, Lord, I just want to be close to you. Bid me to come unto thee. I, Lord, ask me to come to you. I want to be close to you in the midst of all of this. Listen, when you're close to God, that's when you begin to walk by faith. That's when you begin to walk on water. Too many people are asking God to make this problem go away. They're having prayer meetings about making COVID-19 go away. And I think we should be asking God that. But we should also be asking God is, God, how can I get close to you during this time? And there's a fundamental difference between getting something from God and getting more of God. And it might be that God is bidding us to get close to him. Oh yeah, the storm's raging, the waves are big, and the wind is boisterous, but God's saying, look, why don't you ask me, why don't you ask me to be close? We might be asking the wrong question. Lord, make this go away, when God's saying, no, I want you to just be close to me. And sometimes God will calm his storm, but maybe he'll let the storm rage, and other times, while the storm is raging, he'll calm his children. 
We need to be asking, Lord, bid me to do something beyond my comfort zone. Zone, Lord, bid me to come get close to you and do something great for you and with you. And so we've asked our church to do just that. Uh, this week, we're teaming up with Spectrum and Metro Health and and uh, Joanne's Fabric, and we are making masks for the hospital workers, for the nurses and doctors who need them. And this week, we're delivering those to people. If you go to Grand Rapids Baptist Church, you received an email. And in that email, it shares with you how to get involved, how to do something during this, these next couple of weeks. And one of those things is we're going to make masks for medical workers. Um, what I would like to do, which I think would be really awesome, is to turn this entire auditorium into uh, a shop, a warehouse, where we have like 20 sewing stations in here, and we're, we're mass-producing these masks from our church. I think that would be an incredible service to our community, obviously in the name of Jesus Christ. Many of you have responded as well to feeding those who lost their job and to buying groceries. And so you've given online uh, hundreds and hundreds of dollars have come in to purchase groceries for those who have recently lost their job here at the church. And I'm just so thankful for the steps of faith the people of Grand Rapids Baptist Church are already making. Can I tell you, man, it just thrills my heart to see that. And I'll tell you, God is going to bless and honor that. This is our moment. This is our time. Um, this is a great time to share the gospel with somebody. This is a great time to call somebody up and say, what do you think about this COVID thing? Isn't this crazy? Hey, listen, there, I've been meaning to ask you this question. I've been meaning to talk to you about being saved. Would you, mind if you, would you mind if I just talked to you about that for just a second? And you could share with them how to be saved. What a great opportunity. You can watch the news and you can hide in your bedroom in fear or we can step out by faith like Peter and do something for God. People need the gospel now. They don't need more information. They need the gospel. They need Jesus. They need faith and hope. Uh, this is an opportunity for you to spend more time with your kids. This is an opportunity for you college students who have just a little bit more time with your parents, and some of you are stuck at home with your parents, uh, but this is a great moment, opportunity for you to spend some quality time with mom and dad and with your siblings and enjoy that time. You're not always going to have it, but utilize it. It's where we're at. You can't change it. For some of you teens, man, I love you teens. I miss uh, seeing all the teenagers. This is a great opportunity for you to maybe share your faith with your friends and you teenagers or you college students to share your faith with your friends as well, uh, to be a light to them. And I hope and pray that you'd use this time not to just play hours and hours of video games and watch movies, but also to use this time to encourage and bless other people as well. You could do that. You could be a part of that. Even the kids sitting down right now. Man, I miss you kids. I miss giving you guys high fives. I miss seeing you guys run around the church around here. Man, I miss it. So I cannot wait to see you all. I can't wait to see the nurseries filled and all that. But kids, can I, can I encourage you with this? Don't be afraid. You don't have to be afraid, kids. First of all, you got a mom and dad. Most of you have a mom and dad that love you. You have a God that loves you. You don't need to be afraid of the whole COVID-19 thing. I'll tell you this, you could put your faith in Jesus Christ. Say, God, I'm trusting you. 
we need to be careful, but at the same time, Lord, we're trusting you. I'm not going to go to bed at night worried if I'm going to die or not, but Lord, I'll trust you no matter what happens. And that is the heart of a real, true believer. If you've lost your job recently, some of you watching have lost your job this week, one of the best things you could do when it comes to stepping out by faith is to get a job. I I don't want to sound harsh or mean, but there are thousands of jobs. I posted on my Facebook page, Cody Shonda is our Facebook page, uh, a, a job opportunity from home, 18 bucks an hour, no benefits, but the, the work hours are, are, are uh, between 8 a.m. and 11 p.m., so they're very flexible and it's fielding calls for FEMA. You can make $18 an hour doing that. Uh, Spartan Nash is hiring over 1,000 people right now. I know Meyer's hiring. I know UPS is hiring. I know FedEx is hiring. Everybody's hiring. So while you're off work, you could... You could maybe make some extra money and step out by faith. Do something, is what I'm saying. Jobs abound. Now, while the other 11 disciples were huddled around, fearful that they're going to die, Peter says, I'm going to use this as an opportunity. And I wonder what was going on in Peter's mind before he let go of the boat. I'm sure he thought before he let go, was like, am I going to die? Am I going to drown? Like, what's going to happen to me? Or he could walk on water. He could do something. He could do the impossible. And that's what God is asking you to do. This isn't just three weeks of doing nothing. This isn't however many weeks it may take. We can use these weeks to impact the kingdom of God, to seize the opportunity right now. (laughs) And when, when Peter let go of the boat, he was walking on water. I want you to think about this. I mean, I wonder what the other 11 guys were thinking, like, oh, man, look what Peter's doing. That's unbelievable. When Peter stepped, out, stepped away from that boat, I bet he thought, this is a miracle. This is unbelievable. No man on earth has ever done this. And Jesus beamed, got excited to see one of his followers could actually trust him that far. I'm sure Jesus is like, this is what I've been trying to teach you. This is what I've been trying to explain to you, that you can trust me in the midst of all of this chaos. And when Peter let go of the boat, can I tell you, that must have been the greatest blessing to Jesus himself, to see one of his followers step out that far. I like this. Trusting God by stepping out in faith was Peter's gift to Jesus. But the experience of walking on water was Jesus' great gift to Peter. In other words, we, we have an opportunity to bring a gift to God by stepping out by faith. And in return, God allows us the opportunity to experience his power through the midst of this COVID-19 thing. So ask God for an opportunity. Number two, I want to encourage you with this. Let go of your crippling fear. Let go of your crippling fear. There's no doubt these guys were fearful. In fact, in verse 27, it says, But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not what? Afraid. In fact, in verse 26, the disciples saw him walking on the sea, and they were troubled, saying, It's a spirit. And they cried out for what? Fear. What God is asking you and I to do in this moment is to let go of the crippling fear. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out that fear. The closer you are to God, the less fear we have in the midst of all of this chaos. 
holding onto the boat was symbolic of Peter holding on to his fear. But the great thing about Peter is that he actually let go of the boat. You, ha- you have to learn how to let go and let God. Most of us love hearing messages and stories about God's power, about how, how powerful God is, that he's the rock, that he's the fortress, that he's the strong tower, he's the mighty God, he's the everlasting father, he's the prince of peace. We love hearing stories about, about God's power and wisdom and might. But it's time that we actually experience it. I'm tired of hearing about God's power and might all the time. I want to actually experience it. And the only way to experience it is to actually step out by faith, to to do something, to obey his command. When he says to preach the gospel to every creature, to actually share the gospel with people. When God's prompting your heart to serve in some area that you actually do it, that's when you begin to experience God. I love to read how God's power always contrasted with the disciples' weaknesses. You know, when they were fearful, (laughs) their fear was contrasted by God's power. When the disciples doubt, it was contrasted by Jesus' faith. And when the disciples got angry, or people got angry, that anger was contrasted by Jesus with his love. And I, I love to see, I mean, here's the disciples so afraid, and here's Jesus just calmly strolling through the storm, like, like it was no big deal. In fact, in another story, there was another storm. Jesus loved to use storms to teach his children how to walk by faith, and he was asleep in the boat. Nothing takes God by surprise. God is not worried about any of this, but he's going to use it all for his good and for his glory. And those who step out by faith get to participate with God in that experience. You see, we don't overcome fear with information. There's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of scrolling through social media, a lot of newscasting, a lot of talking heads, a lot of pundits. There's a lot of information going all around. And that is not how you overcome your fear. Because many times, that information comes from unreliable sources. See, faith walkers look to the Word of God. Let me say that again. Faith walkers look to the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And it doesn't just stop from hearing it, it's obeying it, and doing what it actually says. (laughs) Do you know what COVID-19 has done? It's exposed the illusion that we're actually in control. Just a month ago, a month and a half ago, you had your plan. You had your business plan. You had your whole life set out in front of you. You knew exactly what you were going to do, and this thing has totally imploded that plan, hasn't it? We're not in control. A small, invisible bug has ruined many of our plans. But I will tell you this, God who's in control does and always has a plan. God might have disrupted your plan so that you are in alignment with his plan. Our ways aren't his ways and our thoughts aren't his thoughts. 
And it might be that God is using this as fathers to get us in line with his plan as a, as a dad. God may be using this moment to get us in alignment as a mom. Like, what are my priorities now? Now he's messed up my plans. For some of you sports players, you don't get to play this season. God's messed up your plan. Maybe he's getting your heart in alignment with him. With him. Use this moment. Don't waste it. Faith walkers always look to the word of God. And, and let me tell you, the, the fact of the matter is, you and I are not in control. In fact, the Bible teaches this. Without God, we can do nothing. Our hearts can't even beat another beat without the power of God. We are, we are nothing without God Almighty. And maybe this whole thing is to remind us of that very fact. We don't really have it all under control like we think we do. We're not as in control as we want to be. But I will tell you, God is, and he wants your heart. And maybe this is the only way for God to get your heart. Yeah, sure, there's going to be people who get mad at God. But for those whose hearts are tender, I encourage you to get under the wings of your Savior, to follow him, to look to him, to say, Lord, would you bid me to come? I want to come close to you in the midst of all this chaos. And so maybe that's what we need to ask See, information about God is not enough to be a courageous Christian. Information about God is not enough to be a courageous Christian. I think we, most of us watching online know enough about God. We don't need to know more about God. We need to experience Him. And maybe experiencing Him will allow us to know even more about Him. You could study a person, but actually having fellowship and relationship with that person you get to know so much better. So what do we do? Information alone is not going to help us be a courageous Christian. So what does? Action is required. You guys listening? Action is required. We have to do something. God always requires a faith step because that's what faith is. Now hear me out. Listen, don't lose me. I know the kids are distracting. You're, you're kind of looking around, getting your coffee. Listen, this is really important. Faith is not something you believe or say. It's something you do. Faith is not believing God can do something. It's acting on the belief that he will. Faith is not faith unless there's a step that is taken. There's an action taken. There, there's, a, there's a stepping away and letting go of the boat. That, that's faith. The other 11 disciples could say they have faith, but James says, show me your faith by your works. Faith without works is dead. The Bible is not teaching that salvation is made through works, but the evidence of your salvation is formed through your works. So James 2.17 says this, Even so faith, if it had not works, if it doesn't do anything, you say with your mouth, I have faith, but if you don't do anything with it, it's what? It's, it's dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I'll show thee my faith by my works. Faith without works, the Bible says, is dead. So let me ask you this question. What are you doing? What am I doing that I could not do apart from the power of God? What am I doing this week that I could not do apart 
from the power of God in my life, where, where I'm stepping out by faith and I don't know how it's all going to play out, how it's going to turn out, but I'm, I'm stepping out, I'm obeying the Lord in this way, and, and you have to trust God and you have to trust his power. So in other words, if I step out by faith this week and give generously, I discover that God can really take care of me, but you got to get your feet wet first. If God prompts you to give to somebody who's needy or to continue giving in your tithe or to give to a neighbor, you're going to find that as you step out by faith in that way, that God really will take care of you, but you have to take that step. When I take a step uh, of faith and confess my sin to, to God or to another person, I confess that to another person, I discover that God really does honor honesty and truth-telling. When I step out and I join a ministry, I can know the joy of being used of God. When a ministry opportunity opens up, like making masks or, or providing meals for those in need, when those opportunities show up and I actually show up and participate in those ministries, I experience the joy of being used. When I step out and share my faith, I, I experience the exhilaration of seeing a soul saved. But, but you're never going to experience those things unless you step out, unless you step out by faith. See, God generally helps people's faith grow by asking them to take the first step. God helps people's faith grow. And again, if you have faith, it eliminates your fear. If you're gripped with fear, it eliminates your faith. In order for us to have faith, God says you got to step out and do something. You have to step out by faith. You have to take the first step. In fact, when Moses, before God split the Red Sea, Moses had to lift up his staff. Naaman had to dip in water seven times before he was cleaned of his leprosy. I think of Gideon had to decrease the size of his army from 32,000 people, men, to 300 before defeating the Midianites. Before Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, his friends had to roll away the stone first. In order for us to experience the power and the might of God in our lives and in our cities, we have to first step out by faith in some way where God can see our faith. Before he healed the man that was sick of the palsy, four friends dropped him from the roof. They stepped out by faith and said, we just got to get him to Jesus. So what are you and I doing this week where we can step out by faith and trust God and his power and see him work in a mighty way through our faith? Not by what we say, but what we do. See, when we say yes and step out, we don't know all the implications. We don't know how it's, and that's why it's faith. <laughs> but we're trusting God. We don't know what's going to happen, but when you, when you connect your small step of faith and God's power, great things happen. When we say yes to God and step out by faith, we set in motion an adventure that will never leave us the same. We set in motion an adventure, a, a testimony, a story that we will tell people for years to come. When we stepped out by faith, this happened and that happened. Can you believe it? Look what God did. Oh, my word. All the people that were saved and helped. And this is our moment for Christians to shine. 
but they'll never see it if we're all huddled up in the boat. They'll never see it if we're all gripped with fear. Why would they want a God like that? God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind to be courageous. It's, it's crazy to me to see how many pastors are so afraid and scared and, and just down and depressed. Hey, it's time to get courageous. It's time to get excited. God's doing something. Let's be a part of it. Let's do this. What are we waiting for? Let's step out of the boat. Let's share the gospel. Let's help others. Let's mobilize. It may be said in a hundred years that there was a church, there was some Christians in America that turned the world upside down because they stepped out by faith. They did something. They stepped out of the boat. We say yes to God. We set in motion an adventure that will never leave us the same. We'll be changed. We'll say, man, look what our God did. Look what he did. This is our moment. Don't waste it. This is our moment. This is, this is our time. People will be talking about this for decades. And they'll be asking, what did the Christians do? What did the believers do? How did they step out? What, how are they helping out? How did they seize the moment? So, in the midst of this chaos, we need to be asking for an exciting opportunity. Every single one of you watching online, let me tell you something. An opportunity is lying before you right now. Are you going to seize it? Are you going to take it? And you have to let go of your crippling fear. You say, well, how do I overcome my fear? That, that leads me to my third point. Focus on the powerful answer. You have to focus on the powerful answer. When people wrestle with doubt and fear, they may tell themselves that they're going to try harder to have faith. I'm just going to try harder this week. I'm going to really try to have faith. But faith is not acquired by trying harder. You don't get faith by trying harder. It's acquired by knowing God better. It's acquired by knowing God better. Yeah, we got to step out by faith for sure. But listen, you just got to get close to the Lord. The best way I know how to have greater faith than I do doubt, and let me just say this, faith is not the absence of doubt. It's having more faith than you do doubt. And the way for you to have more faith is to get close to God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, who are you listening to? The way you get your heart gets close to God is by reading what God says. Don't say that God is silent in these times if you're not even opening your Bible. God has plenty to say during these times. Uh, my wife and I, we use a and the Abide app, I highly encourage you downloading the Abide app and just read scripture to you right before. It's a bedtime story and it has the Bible and some calming verses and, and somebody who talks to you to help you go to sleep. Boy, that really calms me. But getting alone with God and opening the word of God and hearing from God and me expressing to him my fear and doubt and lack of faith and telling God about it and getting close to God helps eliminate that faith or that fear. Let me ask you a question. Uh, how many of you guys know about Yellowstone National Park? I think all of you have heard of it. But let me ask you a question. In Yellowstone National Park, there's, a, there's this geyser called Old Faithful. 
Let me ask you a question. How would you get to know Old Faithful better? How would you get to know Old Faithful better? And the answer is, just hang around Old Faithful. <laughs> it's that simple. The only way for you to get to know Old Faithful better is just to hang around Old Faithful. You'll find out that it'll shoot out of the ground 20 times a day. And usually every, every time this geyser shoots up in the air, it takes about three to five minutes. And it shoots out close to 8,000 gallons of water. The water near the hole is 200 to 300 degrees Fahrenheit. 8,000 gallons is about three weeks of water use for the average family. That's a lot of water in three minutes. But the best way for you to get to know Old Faithful is just to be around it. Listen, in other words, never try to have more faith. We're not trying to conjure up faith. We're not trying to say, look in the mirror and say, all right, this week I'm really going to trust God. How you have more faith is you just get close to God. You get to know God better. You get close to him and know him better. That's how you build more faith. What God was doing with the 12 disciples is he was teaching them how to walk by faith. And every time they went through a troubled time, a trial, a hard time, God was with them through it all, teaching them how to respond to each scenario and situation. That is exactly what God is trying to do to you. How do I build more faith? Well, I get close to the faithful one. I just get close to him. Get to know him better. And the, listen, the best way you and I can get to know God better is to obey him and step out by faith, is to get close to him, to say to him in the midst of all this, Lord, can I come close to you? Can I have your wisdom? Lord, can I get close to you? I want to be close to you in the midst of this because right now that's all I have. And can I tell you, that's all you need. Um, back in 1988, a television program preceding the 1988 Winter Olympics featured um, blind skiers, and they were being trained by, uh, for slalom skiing. Can you imagine that? Blind skiers, slalom skiing. And that sounds impossible. But paired with sighted skiers, the blind skiers were taught on the flats how to make right and left turns. When they mastered that, they were taken to the slalom slopes where the sighted partners skied beside them, shouting to them, left, right, left, right. And as they obeyed the commands, they were able to negotiate the course and finally cross the finish line, depending solely on the sighted skier's commands. The sighted skier's words. They had to completely depend on the words of the sighted skiers. It was either complete trust or it was catastrophe. And that's what you and I are left with. It was either complete trust in what they were saying or catastrophe. They could trust themselves, but they were blind. What a vivid picture of the Christian life. 
especially in this world. We are in, in, in reality blind on the course that we're taking right now. We have no idea how this is going to play out. We must rely solely on the Word of God and the one who is, who is truly sighted, the one who sees the future, that knows the future, God Himself. His Word gives us the direction we need to finish the course. We can't finish the course unless we're hearing from God. Let, let me say it this way. Stepping out is not a matter of knowing every detail. You don't need to know every detail. It's a matter of listening to the one who does. Stepping out is not a matter of knowing every detail. It's trusting and listening to the one who does. So let me just talk to the Christian really quick and I'll close. To the Christian, I encourage you to step out and obey the Lord's call. Don't just huddle up in your house and do nothing. Ask God. Say, God, I want to get close to you during this time. And I want to get close to my family. I want to get close to my kids. And Lord, during this time, whatever you're calling me to do, Lord, I want to step out by faith and trust you as I step out. Lord, I want to experience your power and your might. I want to see you work in the lives of other people through me as I step out by faith. Ask that to God. And to the unsaved, those who don't know God as their personal Savior, maybe you're listening today, you don't know Jesus as your God, as your Savior. Can I tell you, He loves you with an unconditional, everlasting love. The Bible says, therefore, with loving kindness, he has drawn you. He's drawing you unto himself. He wants to be your savior. He wants to be your friend. He wants to be your comfort in the time of chaos. See, God wants to give you a peace, a love, and a joy that nothing in this world could ever buy or purchase. You could ever buy or purchase. God gives that to you through relationship with him. So God wants to save you from the penalty of your sin. You see, it's your sin and my sin that has separated us from God. But Jesus Christ, God himself, came to this earth for the sole purpose, not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many, and voluntarily gave up his life upon the cross, shed his blood, which was the payment for our sin, so that you and I could be guaranteed not only a home in heaven, but life abundant on this earth. And when I talk about the abundant life, I'm not talking about riches and fame. What I'm talking about is love, joy, and peace. God desires for you to have that through a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. And if you don't know Christ as your personal savior and you're sitting there thinking, I want to know him, I want to believe on him, what do I do? Here's what you do. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You have to believe that Jesus is God, that he came to this earth for the sole purpose of dying for your sin, to pay for all of your sin, a debt you could never pay yourself, but Jesus paid it for you. You have to believe that he was buried in a tomb and after three days, proving he was God and rising from the grave, conquered death and sin. And those that put their faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, are saved, are redeemed, as the song said, redeemed, born again, saved. In other words, if you don't know what those words mean, it means all your sin is washed away, past, present, and future. 
You, are, you can have close communion with God, and you are given a peace that passeth all understanding that comes from only God himself. There's no president or news network or any person on this earth that could give you what only God can give you. And if you put your faith in Jesus, he'll give you that. He wants to be your friend, your master, and your savior. And if you want to ask him to be your savior, would you pray this prayer in your heart? Now, let me tell you, it's not the prayer. It's not just saying these words that save you, but it's you believing in your heart that God, that Jesus himself was raised from the dead. And you say, I want to pray this prayer. I want to get saved. Would you pray this with me? Pray this with me. Bow your head. Pray this with me. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I believe that you are God. I believe that you came to this earth to solve my biggest problem, which is my sin. Jesus, I believe you died on a cross, that you were buried in a tomb, and I believe you were raised from the dead. And I'm asking you the best way I know how to save me, to wash me clean from my sin. Jesus, please save me. Be my friend, my Savior, and my Master. Lord, I follow you the rest of my life. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, would you let us know? Would you message us on this Facebook feed? Would you let us know that you called upon Christ? We would love to rejoice with you. We'd love to send you some material and help you in your faith journey. And if you're a Christian, you're a believer, I hope that this message encouraged you as we face this epic storm. But let me encourage you with this. You're not alone. He's with you, and he's asking you to step out by faith. Lord bless you. Have a great day.